0: Take your Bibles and turn with me to Philippians chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2, verse 6, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your precious and wonderful word. Encourage us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're taking it slowly. Just want to remind you verse 6. Who being in the form of God, the word form means to be the actual nature of God. He is equal with God and in that being means he's in the continual state of being God. Jesus is God and has always been God. But we're going to look at verse 7, where he made himself of no reputation. He became human. And I want to ask you a question. To the world, we don't need a Savior. To the world, it's kind of silly. What, what do we need a Savior for? We're, we're good enough. And to some Christians who've no sight of that, we may in our hearts feel like, hey, I'm doing good. I don't really need a Savior to deliver me. I thank you for His forgiveness in Christ, but I'm doing all right. But the truth is, we do need a Savior. And I'm going to read for you a long quote that I did on a Wednesday night. Hopefully, I'll be able to get to my sermon, but here we go. What is happening on a national and worldwide scale is simply the magnification of what is happening on an individual level. As personal problems, animosities, and fears increase, so that our counterparts in society at large, human beings are in the hold of a terrible power that grips them at the very core of their being. Left unchecked, it pushes them to self-destruction in one form or another. And that power is sin, which is always bad news. The basic element of fallen human nature is the exaltation of self, the ego. When Satan fell, he was asserting his will above God's. Five times he declared, I will. In Isaiah 14, he says, "'How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which disweakened the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, "'I will ascend into heaven.' I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Much of modern Western society has been so enamored with the thoughts of self-esteem and self-will that virtually every desire has come to be considered a right. The ultimate goal in many lives today is little more than perpetual self-satisfaction. Every object, every idea, every circumstance, and every person as viewed in light of what they can contribute to one's own purposes and welfare. Lust for wealth, possession, fame, dominance, popularity, and phys- physical fulfillment drives people to pervert everything they possess and everything they know. There's the constant danger of using people rather than loving people and using things. When that temptation is succumbed to, to stable and faithful personal relationships become impossible. By nature, mankind is self-centered and inclined to have his own way. They will push their selfishness as far as circumstances and the tolerance of society will allow. When self-will is unbridled, mankind consumes everything and everyone in an insatiable quest to please themselves. When friends, fellow workers, or a spouse cease to provide what is wanted, they're discarded like an old pair of shoes. A person engulfed in self-will and self-fulfillment becomes less and less capable because as the desire to possess grows, their desire for others withers. When we forfeit selflessness for selfishness, we forfeit the true source of joy. Selfish seeking alienates a person from everyone else, including those who are closest and dearest. The end result is loneliness and despair. Everything that is craved soon yields to the law of diminishing returns, and the more one has of it, the less it satisfies. Sin produces guilt. No matter how much people try, they cannot escape the pain of guilt and the pain of sin. Like physical pain, guilt is a God-given warning that something is wrong And needs correcting. America. And as individuals. We are to some degree. Trapped. In the bondage of sin. And even as Christians. When we are saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit comes to live in us. We still live in this fallen body. And we still can be yielded. To the trappings. Of our humanity. And our flesh. Did Jesus need to come? Did he need to die on the cross for you? Did he need to ascend to heaven and then give the gift of the Holy Spirit to come live in you? Did you need to be saved? The Bible says yes. So I want to look at five things Jesus did to save you. Verse 7 says, But he made himself of no reputation." Jesus Christ, who is God, and the way the King James says it, he made himself of no reputation. A reputation is what people know you as. It may or may not be what you are, but it's what you're known as. Well, the Greek word means that Jesus gave up all rights to his position as God, his adoration as God, and came and wrapped himself in human flesh. Although he was fully God, he emptied himself as his prerogatives as God. He removed every advantage and privilege he has as God. He remained God, but he gave up the rights to exercise his deity while on earth so that he could die for your sins. I want to mention five things that he gave up. The first thing he gave up temporarily, he divested himself of his divine glory. He says, in John 17, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou hast gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Jesus Christ as God was worshiped constantly by the angels, worshiped constantly by the saints of old. He was given all the glory and the majesty and the grandeur of being God. Even if you took the highest king in all of their palace or anything the president experiences in the White House, that pales in comparison to Jesus and the glory that was his throughout all eternity. But he gave it all up. He gave up all that. He didn't cease to be God, but he gave up the glory as God and became a man. Quote says it this way He submitted on earth to misunderstanding, denials, unbelief, false accusations, and every sort of reviling and persecution by sinful men. Jesus, who is God, wrapped himself in humanity and endured every criticism. And every rebuke and even to the point that he suffered by the self-righteous Pharisees. He suffered the, 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 the difficulty of being persecuted and then hung on a cross. Jesus willingly gave up the rights to that glory. He did not forfeit that glory, but he had it within his humanity where he received no honor the time of the Mount of Transfiguration, the Lord Jesus Christ enabled the disciples to see the glory in who he really was. And so he shined forth as the sun. Jesus Christ gave up that glory to become a human being, to live on this earth. The second thing he gave up, he divested himself of his independent divine authority. He said in John 10, I and my Father are one. But he also said in John 5, I can of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. John 6 says, For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as Thy wilt. He gave up the right to His own divine exercise of authority. Do you know that a king or a queen has total ability to rule, and their rulership is to be accepted? because they have that authority. Well, Jesus Christ had all divine authority to exercise everything there was. And yet he made himself of no reputation and he came to earth to wrap himself in humanity and voluntarily submitted to the Father to do that which the Father said, even going to the cross. He temporarily divested himself as divine exercise as some of his divine... Attributes, He did not stop being omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent, but he limited himself to the full exercise of those. Matthew 24 says, but of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. And his humanity, he gave up some of the free exercise of his ability as God. He healed and he did things in his deity. But he also in some degree submitted and depended upon the Holy Spirit to produce some of those. He freely gave all that up. When he walked on this earth no one really knew he was God. They knew he could do miracles but they didn't understand it. Because he voluntarily gave up his rights to exercise his rights as God. Fourthly. He temporarily divested himself as of eternal riches. He says in Second Corinthians 8, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be made rich. Now he's not talking about become wealthy. That's not what he's talking about. He says that's not the point. He gave up heaven's riches and glory so that we one day would enjoy heaven's riches and glory. I've not been to heaven. I don't know what it's like. I read a little bit in Revelation, and I can tell you what it is a glorious, majestic place. Well, he gave all that up. He made himself of no reputation with me. He divested himself of all that he was while still remaining God and wrapped himself in humanity. The Bible says he had no place to lay his head. He got hungry, he got sleepy. He got experienced pain. He experienced all on this earth. He gave all of that glory up so that you could experience His glory in heaven one day. And lastly, He temporarily gave up His intimate relationship with the Father. Matthew 27 says, And about the ninth hour Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, And he said those words, that is, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I don't understand fully the closeness between the Father and the Son, both being God, and yet completely in total communion with one another throughout all eternity. Well, Jesus Christ broke that came to earth as a human being, wrapped himself in his humanity, and submitted to the Father. And then on the cross, that intimate relationship that he communed with in prayer was absolutely broken. And he was treated as a sinner. He was crucified as a sinner. The Father turned his back upon them, even to the point where Jesus always called him the Father, but he didn't hear. He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because he took the sin of the world upon himself and lost that close relationship with the Father. Christmas, what is Christmas? You know we buy gifts. We do a lot. I've been shopping. And there's nothing wrong with that. We do all that. But I will say this. As I'm growing in the Lord. Christmas is beginning to mean a little more. As I understand a little bit. Of what Jesus Christ did. I don't believe that very few of us. Very few of us. If suddenly. Some rich uncle or someone gave to us millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. And we suddenly had a position in the top echelon of America. Maybe even being somewhere going to England and they made us the king or the queen. And we found out that people needed saving and we would give all that up. So that we could go and live and provide a way that they could be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He gave himself up of his reputation and he came to earth. As I said last week, Christianity is the raising of God in our thoughts and our minds and the lowering of ourselves. In humility and appreciation of him Sin lifts us up And lowers God That's why you have people talk the way they do today I get on some websites to kind of keep up with What the world's doing And there's a couple of them I just had to quit Because they give all the quotes of what the world says And it's just mere profanity Just wickedness It's just awfulness. Somewhere the other day. And just passing by. And someone just used the Lord's name in vain. And it just. Oh. It actually hurt. It hurt me. And I'm like. Do you not know what you're doing? Do you not know who you're talking about? When we as Christians. Want to control everything. And. Be in charge of everything and want to run our lives the way we want to. We diminish the glory of God who came to us. So he says, have this mind in you like Christ, a willingness to give up my rights and my prestige. I don't mean you have to sell everything, but give up my rights and try to get along with people. You want your way? Okay. Well, let's talk about it. And If not, I'll give up my rights and let that happen. I'm not going to come and say, hey, 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 I demand this, I demand that. No, I'll voluntarily allow to be loving and patient and kind and forgiving and gracious. I can tell you this. You and I kind of make it real fancy about the problems. The truth is the problems are always the same. They're lust. Their greed, their jealousy, their bitterness, there's hard feelings, there's all kinds of things. When people say things out of their mouth, a lot of it is just a reflection of their jealousy and their envy and their bitterness in their hearts. But Jesus Christ came and came so low so he could save you. And he went to heaven so the Holy Spirit could come live in you and help put that Down. I taught on Wednesday night, practicing the scripture. And I went into town and I had memorized only, only speak a word that is good for edification and edifies the listener. So I had that in my mind when I went and I went to the hospital. And I said, Lord, help this to be a part of me. It made a difference. It really did. Then I went somewhere else and I forgot the verse. And somebody complained. And nobody else complained. You know what I did? I joined in on it. Let's all just complain together. And I got home and I said, Lord, forgive me. That's not right. Work at me again. Help me. Help me to be different, to be godly, to be holy. Because you so loved me, you gave up all the rights to your glory and your majesty. Well, preacher, a lot of suffering goes on. Yeah, but if you know Christ, you're going to heaven. (laughs) You'll get to experience all that. We're okay, folks. We're blessed. Things are good. God is good to us. It's not that... Bad. I know there are difficulties in life. I don't mean that. There are hardships in life. But we have a wonderful God who so came so low because he so loved us that he was willing to give up everything. Just so we could find salvation in him. So this Christmas season, may I encourage you today to realize and humble yourself before Christ. And to humble yourself and realize what a great God you have. And may that great God's humility and selflessness work in your heart and in your life. Let's pray. Father, we love you today and we thank you so very, very much. And if it bores us, you need to convict us for being a little bit unconcerned if we are not touched I don't mean emotionally but touched by what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us Lord it may be a truth we know but our growth and our maturity depend on how we respond to what we already know and help us Lord to be transformed not on the outside yes true but to be transformed on the inside in humility And we thank you for this Christmas season and what Christ did. In his name we pray. Amen. What hymn shall we sing as we close?